Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Cricket fan or not, you'll know why I'm so pleased to welcome our next guest to Open House. Gary Kirsten is a record-holding batsman, World Cup winning coach and the current head coach of the number one ranked South African cricket team. Despite riding an incredible wave of success, he's humble, inspiring and doing it all for God. His life is truly a testament of authentic Christian faith. Gary's constantly being praised for his leadership and his ability to instill self-belief, confidence in the players he coaches. They love him. In fact, Indian cricket captain MS Dhoni described him as the best thing to happen to Indian cricket after he coached them for three years. Pity his team is lining up against Australia. Still, Gary Kirsten, under God, is a great force for good in our world and in sport. And it's no small thing that right in the middle of the tied test series between South Africa and Australia, he joins us now on Open House. Gary Kirsten, welcome. Yes, thank you. How are you doing? Fine. Terrific. Thank you so much indeed for sparing your time, especially at this time, Gary. What has driven you through all of this? must be more than a deep love of sport. It's been a a blessed journey, that's for sure. I've I've always been a lover of sport right from a very young age. I grew up in a in a in a strong sporting family, so you know cricket specifically and other sports have played a very big part in my life from when I was three, four years of age. It's sort of wonderful to have been involved in sport in the in the way that I have, and then ultimately to to go out and and make a living doing it is just a, it's a real privilege. Has it been more than sport? Has it been more than that drive to earn a living that you've made such a mark? and made such a mark in the way you have in people's lives? From a leadership perspective, it's been an, an incredible privilege and a, a humbling one. And I've, I've always believed through my Christian values of servant leadership. And I think that's been, a, for me, been one thing to be involved in a, in a cricket team with a sport that I love and, and to be working with young people and trying to help them be the best they can be, not only as cricketers, but as human beings is a special privilege. It's one thing to have those values, but it must be tremendously satisfying, gratifying to see that those values actually work. <laughs> you know, I think for us all, don't we, we need to have some foundation that we're working off, you know, and something that we can always fall back on when times get tough. And, uh, you know, that's been a, a real thing for me that, you know, especially spending a lot of time on the road. I've got three young kids at home and I don't see my family all the time. And it. You know, there are many times I sit in a hotel room on my own and I get quiet with God and just say to him, you know, I'm not sure if I'm heading in in the right direction in terms of my, my work, but I'm, you know, I'm just going to lean on your understanding here. How early in your life did your love for cricket kick in, Gary? Oh, since the age of three, you know, I was playing, <laughs> I, was being, I was a cricketer at three years of age and we used to play our garden cricket, you know, in Australia, yes. they talk about from the backyard to the baggy green and... Uh, you know, it was very similar for us. I mean, we just we were a cricket family in Cape Town way back in the 70s and 80s, and I just loved playing the game from a very young age. I also played a lot of rugby and tennis and all the sports, really, and, and just enjoyed being involved in that. Like millions of kids. So when do you think it became serious for you? After school, and I went to university, and then I, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but I'd started doing quite well in my cricket. I started to play first-class cricket at the age of 20. So, you know, from then it was to make the decision to either pursue a career in cricket or to find other work. This opportunity arose. I was playing quite well, and I thought I would go down this path, you know. And it's amazing how it turned out. I never thought I'd play one test match for South Africa, and I ended up playing 
a hundred. Yes. You know, it was amazing from that perspective. And you still hold some great records, like your record equaling score of 275, which came off an innings that lasted 14 hours and 30 <laughs> minutes. Can you take us to that day and tell us what that was like? Well, it was a really interesting time, actually, because I hadn't uh, been playing that well in that series against England in 2000. And it was an interesting time because I was probably down to my last test innings. Um, I think I was going to be dropped. And, uh, you know, we followed on in the match against England. And I ended up batting, thinking that it was going to be my last innings. And uh, we had to try to save the game. And I ended up just batting and batting for literally for two days. And um, managed to get a big score and managed to save my own career, but also save the test match. You know, for me, that was a real learning period about my relationship with God in, in that moment because I really had no confidence in my own ability at that stage. I remember having a time with my wife in the evening and, and us just praying and just saying, you know, Lord, we give this day to you because we don't have too much strength and I don't know what you would want of it. Ended up, you know, getting a massive score and playing for another four years. What a stunning perspective to bring to a night like that. Your wife, Debbie, has been a significant influence on your life. How did that influence play out? How did it unfold, Gary? When I met her, I was playing cricket for South Africa, not uh, pursuing my relationship with God in any way, to be honest. And uh, I think I was floundering spiritually a little bit, and I was just living this life of an international sports star in our country with all its trappings that comes with it. You know, we met somewhere. I can't, I can't even remember where it was. I think it was probably in some watering hole somewhere in Cape Town. And uh, I just remember saying to myself when we met for the first time, I want to marry this girl. And uh, <laughs> we ended up having a, a fairly long period of dating, about four years. And then we got married. But I, she was a very strong Christian and has been all her life. Her dad is an evangelist and runs a mission company called Africa Enterprise, which do a lot of mission work out throughout, throughout Africa and the, and the world. This is Michael Cassidy. We've spoken to him on Open House, the much-loved Michael Cassidy. What a mighty, powerful upbringing she must have had in that family. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I started to explore my spiritual life and my Christian life a little bit closer than what I had. And she certainly was a catalyst for me in building that relationship up again. She's been a role model for me. I mean, we've been together 16 years now and uh, just been an absolute role model. How would you say your values were reshaped both personally and professionally in cricket after that time? Yeah, I just think I tried to build on a, on a set of non-negotiables. And, you know, those non-negotiables were Christian-based, without a doubt, and biblically-based. You know, I often say to people, I think it's been a journey for me rather than a black-and-white experience where overnight had this very strong spiritual awareness. I think for me it's been a journey to closer relationship with God. But certainly as I've gone on that journey, it's been important for me to know that I've got a very strong foundation to work off. You know, to have that in place, it's, it's helped me a lot because I think in life we're all tempted. We're, all, we're tempted by the trappings of what the world offers us. You can easily fall foul to those temptations because we are so fallible as, hum, as human beings. So to have that strong base to help me make the decisions you need to make when you get put under pressure has, has been fantastic. Lots of people who have been helped by you and with whom you've worked have spoken about your patient temperament, players on and off the field. Is that something that's come naturally to you? 
I think I've been fairly fortunate and it's probably part of my personality. Um, you know, I think I've always maintained that there are a lot of ways you can sort things out between two people or within an emotion of a performance other than having to stand up and shout your view out. Mm. Um, I think there's a way that you can converse with people where each opinion can be shared and can be valued and respected and that it is not necessarily your way that, that is the right way. And I think one of the qualities of leadership for me is a leader who can take all the different views and then make a decision because he has to make a decision in the end. And I've, I've always maintained that you will gain respect as a leader of people, not by the decisions you make, but who, by who you are as a person. So that's been very important to me as I've gone through my work process. Was coaching ever your intention on your radar? Your first appointment was coach of the Indian cricket team. I uh, was offered one or two really nice work opportunities when I retired in 2004 and you know, I turned them down because I felt that I had something to give back to the game um, and something to offer the game, having had the privilege of making a living out of it internationally for 11 years. And I felt that I did have something to offer. And I was always moved towards coaching, but I wasn't sure where it was going to take me. And I never really pushed hard or applied for international team coaching jobs or even domestic team coaching jobs because... I didn't want to move away from our family. I wanted to have as much time as home as possible. And then out of the blue, we got this Indian opportunity. And we felt if this is God's will for, for my life, then we need to hear that and, and to honor it. And it seemed to have been the right decision. It was a great experience. It was a tremendous memory that was created with us. And it, you know, it worked out really well. We really enjoyed our time. And I learned a lot mm. about how to work with people in different cultures. And sometimes I think as human beings, we're not always tolerant of that. And it really taught me to, as a South African, to move into an Indian space and really respect the Indian way. And especially in a cricketing context, which was a common, common language for us all, to see how they wanted to play the game of cricket and how they enjoyed playing it that way. Um, was important to me not to bring a new perspective on that, just to, to help them learn more about their own perspective. Totally surprising to me that it worked out so well with that kind of mindset. You've known <laughs> to have brought about huge improvement, but also positive changes in so many of the players you've coached. Can I ask you this? How much is plain practical skill and how much is it other less tangible factors? It's 80 to 90% more the, more the intangible work or the soft okay. skills, as they say. I like to turn it around. I don't believe it's soft skills. I believe those are the hard skills. The soft skills are what your God-given talent are. You, you arrive in that space with those talents. For me, the hard skills are understanding how to perform under pressure, understanding what happens to your mind when you get put in those situations, understanding what the demands are of you as an individual, in very stressful circumstances and how you respond to that. It's been fantastic working in that space. And because I've had the experience of being in that space and not always performing well, sometimes performing well, but not always, and, and really having a sympathetic view to it for the players. And through those trials, because every day is not a winning day, through those trials, it must have given you a tremendous perspective and a grounding, though they still are tough. Absolutely. It's given me a new perspective on performance in many ways. I mean, I believe that sometimes we get lost in this absolute obsession to win. Whilst we all strive to that because we measured in worldly terms on how much we win, it's given me great perspective to know that there's as much value in losing as there is to winning. And uh, it's made me learn to remain very humble in, in winning because I think if you remain humble in winning, you will open your ears to losing 
and your eyes to losing and you will be willing to learn from the mistakes you make. It's given me great perspective and it's made me realize that, you know, for me, this journey that I'm privileged to be on is not about the winning and the losing. It's about the journey and the competing. And uh, I just love the competition. I love the being in the emotion of the performance. But I'm, I'm also mindful that um, you need to handle the winning and the losing really well. It's, it's important that you deal with that in, in, in the right manner. Still, there's this task at hand in Perth. You're definitely the wrong person to be asking this question. Who will win this last test between <laughs> Australia and South Africa? <laughs> Always difficult to say, but it's set up great. I've been really proud of the way our guys have played. I mean, they've played yes. with some real guts and determination. Yes. And it's, it's all we ever ask of them. We know that we can't guarantee results when they're two top teams playing, but they give everything they've got and they don't give up. And uh, these two tests has been a fantastic testament of that. We still know that if we can really play like we know we can, I think we can put some pressure on the Aussies. But, you know, we've got to be able to do that. And I think it's going to be a really interesting test yes. match. How did you reflect on Ricky Ponting's retirement? I played quite a lot of cricket against him. And uh, yes. he's a great player and, and, and a real asset to the game, not only to Australian cricket, to the game. And um, people ask, is it the right time for him to do it? Well, it's the right time if he knows in his own mind, that, that he feels it's the right time. So um, he's been a tremendous asset to the game of cricket, that's for sure. Gary, you say your future is in God's hands. Do you have any idea of what the next few years will hold for you or what you <laughs> hope they will hold? I, I don't have a clue, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> my biggest challenge in the work that I do is I spend a lot of time away from home and I'm trying like anything to be at home more. Um, I've got three young kids under the age of nine. For me, it's important to be spending time with them and to be a proper father to them. At the moment, I'm an absent father, and it doesn't sit comfortably with me. Mm. But at the same time, I love my work, and it's a real privilege what I do in, in terms of leading people. But um, I'm trying to find the balance. And if I can find a healthy balance where I'm spending enough time at home, but I can still pursue this work, then for me, that would be where I'd want to be. In the years to come, I'll remember this conversation and look with great interest where you end up. It's hard to wish you all the best, but um, for what you do and how you do it especially, we wish you all the very best, Gary Kirsten. It's been a great treat speaking with you on Open House. Thanks so much for sparing the time at this time. Thank you. Appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.